Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. The trouble with me is I don't know how to drink. There's a famous story of a guy who says, my son-in-law is terrible, why? Doesn't have a drink, he doesn't have a gamble. He said, what's the problem? Because he smokes and he drinks again. He's a great person. But um, especially since Professor Malam is here, I have to keep, I'm going to have to keep to my uh, topic, which has to do a little bit with philosophy. This year I was drawn to the Ramoah's book on, on Megillah's essay called Mechir Yayin, which tries to present the Megillah in a philosophical manner. But he has things in there that are surprising um, And one of the things he says at the very end is that the reason you're supposed to get very drunk on Purim, extremely drunk, is because since, this is going to sound funny, but this is the Ramoah. Since drinking is a mitzvah to yom, and drinking inevitably leads to some kind of a sin or damages, you better make sure you're very drunk, so that you will not be able to be held accountable for sinning or damaging. This, he says, is al derech I promise you, I like, you know, that's why I claim my I'll tell you again, he says, at the end of the thing, he says, I think I gave you the What's that? My respect for the Ramadan. Shut up or down. Wait a second. No, he's asleep. He's bored. So you're about to learn an exception to what you just said. He's a math and science guy. There's such a concept called carnival, in which there's a different set of rules. The European law, knowledgeable people know what I'm talking about. This says the Ramadan is the Pshara Pashit. Uh, could this be, by the way, if you want to be real, the word shover is to break, and I just thought this up. To break things is the same gematri as, as Oraham and Bar Mordechai, which is 502. The, uh, whatever. <laughs> so what the Ramon is saying is that drunkenness, drunkenness excuses sin in the legal sense. Now, sin involves two elements. The deed and the intention. If you have no intention to do the sin, you're not punished. Although ordinarily, in Jewish law as well as in regular law, you'd be financially obligated to pay for the damages you caused, even accidentally, but not a poor. There's such a din like that in the Shulchanach. In Tafri Sadi, at the end of the Shulchanach, look at the Ramah. That if you, uh, you'll, you will see. I'm wondering about drunk driving. Yeah, this, it, it could be. I mean, you know, I don't want to get into that. And it'd be quoted. <laughs> this is why I don't like the Richard, this is why I don't like the Richard Nixon part. The rules of Shia Sobon and all that doesn't, doesn't apply to the situation. Hear me out. Hear, wait a second. Just hear me out. Now, what I just mentioned before, a sin involves two elements, the deed and the intention. If you have no intention of committing the sin, you're not punished, at least not on the cases like Purim, Isaiah, Dr. Ramah, and Tafri Shadeh, Shem, and Vez. Now, what about an onus? Which is not, now, we have a philosopher here. What's the difference between Shogig and onus? Here you have the intention to commit the act, but not the free and independent desire to do so. Right? Uh, you have Rasa, in Yeshiva language, you have Rasa and you don't have Bechira. I'll put it under your head. You have Rasa and you don't have Bechira. So, uh, here you have the intention. This is a subtle point. You do intend and want to do the act, but only because of the rest. In other words, I ask you, what's the difference between Shogig and Onis? Which is an interesting question. What's the difference between Shogig and Onis? Let me ask you another question. If you do a sin with Shogig but Onis, we see Onis Rahman Apatri. It's one of the 613 mitzvahs. Where is it in the Torah? The Torah says, well, Then if the girl's raped, it's not, and she's doing it, it's not her fault. It's a did the However, the case of the Torah is a passive case, obviously, right? She was a victim of circumstances without getting into the technicalities of Karka Olam and all that. 
What about where she or anybody else commits an act, but an active act, not a passive act, out of duress? The Rambam is interesting. In Hilchus Chagol Mazik says that if a Jew was forced by going to be a Moser and revealed to the guard location of the, of the money of another Jew, the Jew, right? The Moser is putter. Hey, come on, sit down. The Moser is putter because because it's a grumble. And I, I told the guard where your money is. However, if the Jew physically takes the property of the guard and hands it over to them, which is not a grumble, then the Moser is chayev even though he did it under duress. <coughs> okay? So the fact he was under duress does not excuse the act. A sin was committed. It's a financial sin. He has to make re- restitution. Isaiah, if the Rambam begins what the Ravid says, no. Interesting. The Ravid disagrees. Since it was under duress, the Moshe Nachayv. So, here was an act of sin, but it was under duress. Turns out the Machlok is the Rambam and the Ravid. The Machlok is Rishonim. So the Ramah, who says that if you are excused if you're drunk and damaged or sinned, Goes like the Rambam, not like the Rambam, which is just interesting because he usually goes like the Rambam. Now you can counter argue that Purim, which is what we call Carnival Day, is a special case if you have Lamdronim over here. You can't learn over there because the Petur Tashlumen is not because you have the right to damage, but because everybody knows if I was stupid enough to invite you to my house and you're drunk, I can expect. So, the Vitor. Right, presume mechila, or maybe hefker based in hefker. This is the language they talk. But if you think about it, these two svaras are based on the fact that the damage on Purim was done not intentionally, but v'aynis, because of the carnival atmosphere, or as they used to call in the old form, machmas hasimcha, causing unintended damages to occur. Now you can have a schmuck and he'll say this: I don't like you. I'm going to take advantage of the fact it's Purim. I go smash you in. Yeah? So if someone damages intentionally important, cynically taking advantage of the window opportunity provided by the fact that a carnival is taking place, the damage is in, it damages indeed a sinner and he has to pay, pay damages. It's a very interesting trimmer's addition by a guy who stuck the other guy on purpose in how shyness. I hated you, so I didn't get a look like that. Or like the like the poem is thing like that. Where's Albert Schleiser when you need him? <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> this is all going. Sorry, sorry, Al. <laughs> I got it. I didn't notice you before. <laughs> okay, how many how many attorneys do we have at the table here? Okay, <laughs> I won't mention this guy's name. I won't get him in trouble. The uh, we're not being videos. Got 18, 18 minutes left to burn. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you just t- dated yourself. Yeah, he's not Nobody knows that they came in. No, this crowd knows. This crowd knows. Shmurmaster. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's what he was doing. Yep. Nixon, Nixon and the Shmurmaster. <laughs> he said, listen, it was good enough for you to tell like the celebration. Anyway, hold on. Wait a second. There's a case in the Truman's Edition, and a guy stopped the other guy, and he knew it, and the Truman's Edition is like this. You've got to get up in Shul. You have a public ceremony. You have to got to pay through the nose. I mean, they really went after it because that's disgusting. Using the host shyness as an opportunity, you know, that's double disgusting. Now, to qualify as an earnest emporium, you need A, not intentionally taking advantage of the window opportunity, and B, that there was a genuine, heady atmosphere where people act silly, machmah simcha. This is not a cute part. This is in the Mishnah. Okay? In Sukkah, with the commentary Rashi. The Mishnah says, in the old days, after Hoshinus, meaning Hoshinus, after, after they come to Hoshinus, right, the adults would grab and eat the Esrogan from the kids around them. That was the practice. Miyara, Tinokus, Shramtinus, Ulevein, Mochum, Esrogan. That is, I would take the, 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 the by force, the Esrogan, say, Jonathan Marvin's kid, let's say he was a minor, and eat it. Okay? Uh, and eat it. Now, may I do this? Isn't it stealing? Rashi says, "Ain b'davar lo mishum gezel, v'lo mishum darki shalom." It's not called stealing. Shekain nagu machmas asimcha. So in ancient Israel, back in the time of Hamikdash, one of the carnival days was the Shadarama. This is, this is interesting. In the base of Hamikdash, here I know it sounds funny, but we don't know what it was like living in those days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he clapped shine, it doesn't give you the right to take the. But that's what he. Okay. He's fine with it. Yeah. There's another attorney. There's another attorney. You got crap left there? Maybe there's. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Toastress. Wait a second. This, this 
Mishnah. Mishnah, Toysvitz extends specifically the wedding shtick. The Yesh Loma Mikan, Losem Bacharim, Sharochim Basusim, Likras Chosan, in the Middle Ages, Vinilchamim Zemzev, so from Chosan a shtick, you have like a joust, right? The Koran Begodesh Havero is a Jewish joust. Koran Begodesh Havero. Yeah, right. Or Makalkalo Suso, right? So Shein Paturin. Right, right, right. That's right. I'll take over Mishicha. That's right. There's a horseman. He knows the horseman. So, it's a Baturin. What's Tosa saying? What's Tosa saying? If you have a Purim like atmosphere or a wedding or something like that, it's understood. If you don't go to the wedding and expect that nothing's going to happen. Right? I mean, in other words, you know what's a little bit like? Like Hanukkah. Remember when is it, when is it more saying Hanukkah? Yeah, right there. If you hold, if, remember in, in, in the marketplace, don't say that's what he called, you know, you didn't know that the, uh, your camel was walking by is going to knock into a, into a, a, a near Hanukkah. That's what people do. Which is the source? Is the source of this? No, I think the Mishnah is, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. The Mishnah is talking about near Hanukkah. No, 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 but the Mishnah is talking about Shana Rabbah since earlier. Right? The Mishnah is not talking about near Hanukkah in... That's not a Mishnah, it's a Gemara, right? It's in the Mishnah in Bubba Okay. Yeah, then you're right. Then you're right. Clearly, the debate stream is addition, and for the Ramah who say the myth of getting drunk, the Ramah I just told you before, the Ramah is not a drinker. It said that no, there will be no intentional taking advantage of it, but there will, yes, a heady and carnival atmosphere. I hope you understand. Now, ordinarily, if it was a non-carnival, it would be a different discussion. Are you allowed to deliberately put yourself in a place of onus? So that you'll be excused from committing a violation of the law. Is that ethical? Okay? This doesn't sound fair or ethical. But that, my friends, is a famous machlog between the Balamor and the Ramban uh, in, 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 in the Ron on Shabbos. I remember this from 40 years ago because I bought Chevelle's book on the Gilyani Ashas, and it's really cool. From Ricky Baker, he, he explicates all the Ricky Baker's thing. And for some reason, that stuck in my mind. It's the first one in, in Beso. The mind works in a funny way. So, wait a second. It's, it was a circumcision, and they had hot water ready for what you need right afterwards. Take care of the baby, <coughs> the nevis, and the water spilled the Shabbos morning before the bris took place. Are you allowed to go ahead with the bris? It's a famous thing, right? The, uh, if you circumcise the baby, you need to boil water on Shabbos. So don't do the bris today. Wait till tomorrow. You want to see Michal Shabbos, or do you say go ahead with the bris, and then you'll be in a case of onus, and then you'll be allowed to do it for Michal nevis? Are you allowed to do it or not? So the Ramban says, go ahead and do the bris, even though you'll have to do meaning you're meaning you're allowed to put yourself in a muckum of Ainus. That's right. That's right. That's what you're saying. You have to put yourself in a muckum of sakana, and then that will cause you to have to go and and uh, do pikuach nefesh, right? And the and the Balamor famously says, call shanu yodin b'tchilosh yavo adamul day iser darchin samitra kadesh leyavu sitli day kach. You can't do it if you know it's going to lead to it. Delay the bris till till tomorrow. It's interesting. Why am I mentioning all this, this piquant Ramo? It's not a cute part. In my opinion, my friends, it goes to the heart of the Purim story. What were the two big sins in the time of Purim? Eating it up. They both involved. No, they were the kind of the two. The two wait a second. The two big sins. No, no, no. In the end of the discussion, it was not the party. So wait, hear me out. Well, wait a second. Yeah. What are the two big sins in the Purim story? Both are in the context of Oynes. Number one, they bowed down to the idol in the time of uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and that was duress. No question about it. And number two, Esther slept with the king, and that was out of duress. No question about that. One was the case of Odazara, the other case of Gilarite. These are the two big stories that underline the, the, the Megillus Esther, according to the Gemara anyway. Indeed, it was precisely because it was the case of Oynes, that's why God did not kill him. That's what they say. And the Gemara says, "Shol tell me to the sin when you chay that they mas chayu chayav and Yisrael chloy of Ezman Haman." And he said, "Because mishtach uh, lotam in Cain Yishmas a pana bedover, then why didn't God kill him?" Heimos loasa elapanim, avakosh loasa panim. Which means that by the time Haman was the prime minister. All the ducks were in a row. Mordecai saved the king. Esther was the queen. Vashti was out of the way. You know, all the things are ready for the downfall. That's how you see it. So God just scared them. And each they said, I guess, up to come in his track. 
You understand? He's scared there, but like you saw a child. I've experienced this, I'm sure, yeah. He's smart. We lost in the science center once when he was a little kid. In in, in, in Liberty in, in in New Jersey. Going crazy, you know? Okay, come to Miss Rep. You find him? What's that? Science <laughs> 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 and math. What about the what about the Caleb and Caleb Chatham? What about it? That wasn't a sin that they used it. Well one second. Yeah, yeah. I don't know from it. So the Gemara says that in Cain, only the Jews in Shushan should have been punished, and nobody else should have been punished. In Cain, B'Shushan, Yeh Hargu, B'Achem, Lo Yeh Hargu. As you know, it was all 127 The Gemara says, at the end, he says, Imratem. In other words, it's not for them. Now, the truth is, Rabbi Gordon is a smart guy, and if you really were going to go into it, the Gileone Ashas brings down Rabbi Akiva Hager, they says if, if you look in the Medestrava on Shirashirim, they switched his mind. So later he says, Taka was the party, and then you have to understand why. And the reason Rabbi Akiva Hager, you tell me, this is to ask the question, is to see the answer. Why would Shem Ben Yochai, Shem Ben Yochai, change his mind as to the reason for destruction of Jewish people? The answer is, one was before, and one was after. Before what and after what? The cave. Yeah, right? Well, you're right, that's what they're going to say. When he had, when he had a, a Litvish sensibility, it was because of the Baghdad city idol. Because how bad is eating a meal? Once he became a Makubal, a Hasidic, then the end of the Sadducees was a Sadducees. But the Gemara brings down also that they, they did a Bakarka because they were told. Here's all kind of different. Let me tell you something. It says, Mitnation Nesu the Chavez. It's one thing if you get, you know what I'm talking about exactly. It's one thing if you got to go to a Christmas party. you got to do what you got to do. There's a high art called, you go to a Christmas party or a New Year party, and you have the Coke the whole time for an hour and a half. And, just, and, 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 and you are usually your business obligations, your social obligations. And you're nice to everybody and so on and so forth. I was once, before Professor Malami came along, the, uh, now things are kosher. Once I had to go to my department. Uh, long ago, long ago, and it was kosher like a, a Charles Levine. That's what it was, Charles Levine. So, in other words, whatever. Coach, he held the coat. Yeah, right, right. And it was in Roland Park, and everybody, I think, and this was done in a very fancy. Uh, I won't say who the professor was, because he was a nice guy. He did me favorites, but you know, he was living at six. And it was a big house in Roland Park at the end of a, a block. You know. Uh, waspy, waspy, and there you don't have to show up. So everybody sat on the floor. You understand? When you're really high class, you don't have to show up. Sat on the floor. So they gave me a thing in his work, and I was sitting with this missionary couple. I kid you not. And they had a very good conversation. I just had to mash the food up. You know, look like I ate as I give it. That's called anonymous Sudoso Shalachas Rivers. You understand? You go because you got to go. You do what you got to do. Anonymous Sudoso Shalachas is like this. The first time I grew up with you, you know, as I'll read it from the book. That's a different story. In Poland, they used to tell this story. <coughs> there was a, a parrot, and he's having fun. He said, watch this. Majka, coming in here. Majka's a fun dude. He's like, yes. eat this ham sandwich. Now watch this. He takes out a pistol and puts his head. Eat this ham sandwich or I'll kill you. So he eats it. So all the nobles are laughing. And then he puts away the gun. And Majka said, yes. keep that gun right where you're at. <laughs> There's earnest and there's earnest and there's earnest. You know what I very good, bro. And they should unanimous to means as a rhythm from Bart, you know what I mean? So anyway, to get back to what I was trying to say, so it's Hashem only fooled them. Now, what does the phrase mean? It means two possible translations. Outwardly, they, they just worship the idol outwardly, or alternatively, lefanim to Nebuchadnezzar's face. So in other words, if you want to talk like Hasidim, if you want to talk Hasidish, what did they do when Nebuchadnezzar was not looking? So it's a difference if they went like this, and so he looked like, right? Versus, I myself was in Soviet Russia in 83, with my honeymoon. I was there on, on, on Rosh Hashanah, and when not, Karen went to, to Mayshul, she had to do stuff, and I had to go to the other side, Marina Russia, which they later burned down. And the main thing in Soviet Russia time, the main part of the tefillah, prayer for the government. You understand. So, and then old Chaz and this and that and the other. And it is what it is. I'm sure you know. And next to me happened to be Lubavitcher. You know? Just like a Russian guy. And when nobody, so there was Manchel, 
and there was nobody looking. You say, you must have No, that's called the Hemos Lefanim. You get it? So if the Jews said like this, oh, this guy of Nebuchadnezzar, and then it's one thing. That's what the Hasidim would do, you know? Or, or not, okay? Or not. Since they're similar because they're afraid, because Hemos are Meyira, Rashi Lefanim is Yira. So Hashem's like this. You want Yira? I'll give you Yira. I'll give you 72 hours of sheer terror. There's the story of Purim. The 72 hours of terror. From the time, or maybe a little more, the time the letters are written and sent out, until three days later, four days later, maybe when Hummel was killed, it was terror. Correct? Because, you know what I mean. As a matter of fact, the Gemara says, if they weren't unsure, they would have killed the Jews right down and there. They wouldn't wait until later on. In Mali Igris Hishonas, when the Shemim is in Israel, club. Then when Achashira sent out the first letter, Leo's Kolish or Rebbeveso, said in the Middle East. <laughs> you know, Leo's go, you know. So Rashi said he thought he's nuts. They were. They said, I'm not sure if we can kill the Jews right away. Let's see how it plays out. But for four days, as given Finster and Dagen, you know, in the Holocaust, listen, the worst was the physical, but second was was the mental. Okay, second was the mental. We know, that, you know, I mean, it's just common sense. So anyway. Hashem's like this. Hey, Moses, funny, Moses, you want to avoid bowing down to Allah because of fear? I'll give you fear. I'll give you fear. You thought you could escape this by doing an unworthy back? I'll give you plenty of fear. Now, the question goes like this. Why was this in so bad? The Gemara Sanhedrin says, and Rashi says, So, somebody worships something because I'm afraid of somebody will kill me if I don't do it. So, Abayam Rechai Ramah Repater, Rabbi Rechai the Hopoch, Abayi said, you worship it, you bow down. Ramah Repater, Ikabli Beloa Ani, Lo Lo. It's all mental. Are you really Makabli as a God? That's one thing. If you didn't, you just bow down. So you putter, meaning it's not great, but you're allowed to do it. This means that the Jews bow down to the idol out of fear of Nebuchadnezzar, as long as they themselves did not believe in it, they're a putter, because we always pass like Rav over Abayi. So why did God punish them with fright even? What did they disobey? They didn't want to worship Darim Nebuchadnezzar because they believed in it. They were scared. <coughs> right? I know Karim and Shalzai is exception, but everybody else was scared. Okay? But wait a minute. Isn't every case to be heard while Yavra like that? Isn't every case to be heard while Yavra a case of worshiping, bowing down, and other religious acts without believing? I mean, if a God, a God puts a gun to your head and says, worship this idol or else, isn't it then that you're supposed to get killed? Even though you'd only be bowing because of the gun, isn't it exactly what Yavra while Yavra is? By the big three, as we call it? This the kashrotosis in San Edwin. Even if it was Meira, shouldn't have they given up their lives? And to, to explain this, Tosis is a very famous and important distinction. If the idol is a real idol, a real deity worshipped by people, right? If, if it's worshipped by people, then the Jew has to be heard by Yahweh rather than bow down, even though he doesn't believe in it. But if the idol is not a real deity, if it's not really believed in by anyone, if the only reason people worship it is because they're scared not to, then under duress, a Jew is allowed to bow down to it as long as you don't believe in it. words. What do you think Haman was? He said everybody should bow down to him. Oh, and you're a god. Anybody believe Haman was a god? Anybody believe Haman was a god? It's clearly a case, right? So now they're going to kill up to him. You have such megalomania. So that's all it is. So it's not like you're really... That's what Toad says. So if you have a case like that, there's totally BS in it, you can do it. If it's if, if they threaten you to kill you. Right? That's what the case is. Um, now, uh, in the case of Haman, recently appointed the prime minister, nobody believes really in God. They bow down because they're scared. Kishen si below a melech. You know what it says? In such a case, we go like Rova, and you're allowed to bow down to Haman. And that's why the Jews were angry at Mordechai. The message says... That they're all angry at Mordechai. Right? You well, been killed Wasn't he wearing a, uh, a Bodhisattva? So wait a second. So indeed, how come Mordechai didn't bow down? Tosin asked this question. How did Mordechai saw him in the Sanhedrin? And gives two answers. Number one, Shari Slomim Abigdash Lohman. He's wearing an idol. That's why they came up with this. Because otherwise, why would they bow down? What's wrong? That's why they came up with that. doesn't say it anywhere. And number two, Kiddush Hashem, Mishum Kiddush Hashem. The language is actually interesting. It says, it's very interesting, at least to me. It says, it's Tarmachalaf. 
The two brothers who they didn't have to. It's just, you know, this, by the way, well, I don't want to get on to this. This is Machlokas Rishonim. Are you allowed to give it your life when you're not required to? Right? The Rambam says not. As you know very well. Tosis coming out of the Crusades say you are. Okay? So, um, these are two very different answers. Those are Machlokas Tarusim. You understand when you have two answers in Tosis, that means that they're arguing with each other. Not always, but usually. Okay. According to A, Mordecai couldn't bow down because he was wearing idols. According to B, he could, but he wouldn't. The Kiddush Hashem, he's, I feel like we may make a Kiddush Hashem. Don't have to. So he could. No, wait a minute. I'm making a Kiddush Hashem getting you in, in trouble. You hear the case? These are two different scenarios. Let's out, analyze them both. Haman himself was not a real deity, as Tosa said. Nobody really believed him as a god. So bound him under duress was permitted. What about the Tzlamim, as Dr. Miller says? The pagan idols he wore in his clothing? These were real deities. So Mordecai cannot bow. But then if that's true, why would he angry at him? Why would he criticize him? They must have held that he could bow down to them. Why would they do that? Oh. <laughs> I didn't hear that, but it sounds good. He said, I see two ways, or several ways of explaining this. The you first, know the truth. Okay. So he says, the first one caught my eye was the Manos Halevi, which is my favorite book on point in the Gila. He asked, why does it say, Mordechai, lo yichra, look at this, lo yichra, you hit the ground. Right? Why does it say, lo yichra, why does it say that? Menos Alevi. And he asks, why does it say, not only that, Mordechai, lo yichra, Mordechai wouldn't bend and wouldn't bow down. Why mention bending? Menos Alevi says like this, he wouldn't bend to the idol, and he wouldn't bow to Haman. It's interesting, right? Look, when bend, it goes to one. He's specific about that. Bending, Torim was to the idol. That's interesting. Why this distinction between Kriya to the Slomim and Mishtachaviyah to Haman? Well, what exactly is the thing concerning? This will trigger me off. See, what's the din of Kriya, Korim, as opposed to Mishtachaviyah? What's the din of Kriya uh, to an idol? Turns out to be interesting. The din is as follows. I looked it up. If the idol is typically worshipped by Mishtachaviyah, if that's the Derech of Adoso, as opposed to Balfour. You don't bow down to that idol. As we know. Uh, in Kriya alone, <laughs> Kriya alone is forbidden because Kriya b'chalal hishtachaviyah. So if I have an idol that the derech is to worship it by bowing to it, then Korim is part of that. It's in the Rambam. However, if the idol is not typically worshipped by b'chalal then Kriya, believe pishit yadam b'raglayim. Just to go like this, or like this, as opposed to hitting the ground, is a big machlokas between the Ragachar and the Chazanish. Right? Isn't that interesting? According to the Rabbi Shabbat Hadid and the Hilchas Avodazar 6a, you're allowed to do it, leaving the lumps of society. You're allowed to do it. According to Chazanish, you're not allowed to do so. Because Kriya is always Bechal Hishtachaviyah. That's the question. Is Hishtachaviyah include Kriya automatically or not? And Hishtachaviyah is always also under all circumstances. So it's a technical thing. Accordingly, the idols in Hamas cloak may not have been the type typically worshipped by Hishtachaviyah. Because after all, look at the Catholics. You have to bed, you just kiss the hem of the clothing, for example, things like that. It's all kind of ways. And so the other Sanhedrin people held like the Rogachavar and said, they're angry at, at, at Mordecai. Why are you angry and humming for nothing when it's not necessary? Ishtachavir, you can do the... You, he's not... He said, he's not Mishtachavir to Haman. He's not covered to the idol. First of all, you can do one, you can do the other. Right? He's not a real deity like Tyson says. Nobody really believes in him. And Kriya, you're allowed to do to the slumming because that's ain't about dosim b'shtachaviyah. So it turns out Mordechai was a very controversial person. He got people very angry. Mordechai, of course, highlights the chazanish. He thought it's forbidden to do kriya to the slamim. Held the tension between Mordechai and Nixas Sanhedrin. Rashi l'rovachov perishim minutes Now Rashi gives a nice thing. Rashi says, you know, let's wish him shot. What's the whole thing learning? Yeah. So Mordechai said, "Baloney." Right? Okay. Wait, 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 that's my point then. Remember, this is at the end of Miguel, even after the death of Haman is trying for the Jews. 
But so look what you you put me for for you. You know, my mother-in-law died from from, from a heart attack. My, my uncle died from a heart attack during the four days. Something like that. You know, and you had a check for no, just because you. Well, okay. You remember what I said when I spoke here last night? I don't. I said that Mordechai purposely did everything that he did, that he incited Haman on purpose yeah. in order to get him to make the invader. That's exactly. Yeah, I know. So. That's a Senator Goldberg And Uriah is, because it says, well, come below zombie men. That's not bowing down. Yeah, when he you were doing it, he, he, he showed him that he didn't want to respond. So wait a minute. Because of this, Mr. Goss, you got me in trouble? You feel like that. No. Well, he, I don't know if he, maybe those people didn't hear the explanation after. They didn't hear the explanation after. Maybe. There's, there's another way of explaining. There's, uh, wait a second. Can you bring the monitor lady to explain Lady Revelation after that? Yes. Yes, what I mean. To the idol, Mishkach leaves the Haman. Fine. And well, what was the point that you were trying to make out of that? So that's why they were angry at him. He says, you're allowed to do Korim to Haman. Ah, okay, so fine, to, fine, to, fine, to, fine, to, fine. you can do for the idol, and Shtikhavi, you can do the Haman. Haman is not really a, a deity, like Tosa says. And Korim is not because Shtikhavi. There's another way of explaining the story based on the petulance of Mordechai. Mamas was Rabbi Goldberg just said. That's uh, almost a Sandra Goldberg, but not exactly. There's, no, it's like this. There's no way he's bowing down Allah or no Allah. That's what you mean, right? Forget the din. He's not bowing down. No, 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 no. He did it on purpose. And the punchline was because he wanted that there should be the second Yisera that the Jews will be able to fight back. Now, if the... If so, he, so, in other words, he didn't care. Allah and Allah. He didn't care. He didn't he care the whole thing. He wasn't worried about the Rukh and and all that. Because the, the reason is because the Amalekim... Um, we're no more a nation. They're all losses and just individuals. Yeah. Here and there. So you're right? saying it's a meta halakhic reason. This, yeah. is, this is the only way to gather them together. To to be able to exterminate them. They come out of the woodwork. Oh, that's a different side. That's cute. That's good, that's too. That's good, too. I like that. That's like the kuzari with our own and all that. Okay. But wait a second. It was a personal thing. This is found in the Yaris Vash. Now, listen to this. And based on a famous Trumas Adeshem, very nice one, the historians like this Trumas Adeshem, often cited halachic literature, because Rabbi Yisrael Israelin, right there, cites the controversially lenient ruling of Rabbi Yisrael of Oppenheim. Very famous uh, thing, that one may bow to a Catholic priest or a knight wearing a cross in the Middle Ages of the 15th century. Uh, a cross, because you're just honoring the person, not worshipping the cross. Obviously, Jews have had to come more to this heter over the course of history. This ruling, interestingly, is derived from Haman. The reason Oppenheim is in the 14th century in Ashkenaz. He said, quoted more he, he said like this. He said, what do you see from Muhammad? He said, they're, they're, they're bad down. Well, like Wait a minute. Oh, the, Gemara, the Gemara says, no, he talked about, oh, no, 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 he's not making that distinction. Of whom the Gemara in Sanhedrin said that if he had not made himself a deity, it would be okay to bow down for him even though he's wearing the crosses. That's the thing. In fact, the Maramal Oscar who's one of my favorite uh, books. I happen to like him. Marmal Oscar learns from here that if there is not a Tarti de Reyesa, and he's into a Tarti de Reyesa, meaning Haman was a deity, and number two, he's wearing an idol. One would be permitted to bow down to a Chad de Reyesa. Either a guy declares himself a deity, but he's not, or a non-divine person wearing an idol. Uh, that explains to Marmal Oscar is how Avram Avinu was able to say he saw the three angels, he thought they were Arabs. He says he bowed to them. So he was asked the question in the 16th century, how could Avon bow to the Arabs? They're wearing the dust. Remember, the dust was an idol. So how could he bow down to the idol? So he's like, it's a God Right? Because the angels weren't gods. They're just the dust was a god. So if you had a you could do it. We can laugh because thank God we live today. But long ago, they had to come on to You know what I mean? You found yourself in situations in Catholic Europe and places like that where they were looking for a terror. That's, that's what it is. Now, wait a second. This ruling is where the Gemara says not done to. The Trumas Hadeshin says, it's a very famous Trumas Hadeshin. Zichruni bimei I remember when I was a kid. Shakamar mi price in Bavino. That there was a famous uh, grand master of the Prussian knights who came to Vienna in the 15th century. And they all had a big cross, like the Templars. And Kishaya Yehudim boy Meslo Bashfilis came when the Jews came to deal with these knights. The Catholic guy knew that you couldn't come in and and so they would, you know, they would cover on their 
interesting? So in other words, if the cross is covered up, there's no reason not to bow to the person. That's almost worse. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a matter of honor. I'm just bad you because of honor. You know what I mean? Catholic hospitals, they cover the cross. If they, if you're okay, but that's a, you, know, you don't have to bow down to the cross. No, right. like Wait a second. Now, here we go. Because I said this is anxious. You know, here we go. He says, oh, somebody got a McGill here. I can't, I can't believe a poor master wore a McGill. Where's the McGill? Chapter 3. Yeah, give me your phone. Yeah, I'll open it. It's, uh, if you look cl- it's really cute. You uh, understand? He says like this. Uh, no, the, 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 the sequence is very, very important, actually. You got it? That's it. Excellent. So it says, verse 4 and 5. Here we go. Uh, he gets filled with anger in, in verse 5, but not in verse 4. Okay? It's anger in verse 5. So it's a winter. The yard thrash like this. Notice, Haman doesn't get angry until verse 5. Why didn't he get angry at verse 4 when he wasn't bowing down to him? Mordechai was already not bowing down to him. So we understand should say like this. In verse 4, they told Haman Mordechai was not bowing down. Haman being knowledgeable to talk. This is Abishit's land. <laughs> and second of all, he wasn't having it, you know. So for the Abishit's land, Tara knows uh, the Rambam. So he says, Mordecai, being knowledgeable in Torah, so I guess, of course he came back out to me. I'm worried. He has slum him on his begging. So that, that's understandable. You understand? And wait a minute. And Haman, being the arrogant bastard he was, he didn't hold on a non deity He held these attacks of the race, so, you know, right? You know. <laughs> Right, he wasn't you know, the capital of the Wait a minute, but I mean, you know, he wasn't no, I'm just saying, you know, he wasn't. Anyway, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, he's all like this. Muhammad immediately realized that it was because of the slumming that he was wearing on his coat. So that makes sense. Mordecai was just following the halacha. That's Pusik 4. So what did Muhammad do? Says the understanding He did like the Kamer in the Truman's edition. He's like this, I'll cover it up. Right? In verse 5. But then, Haman said, like the priest, he covered it over. And now, Mordecai would have no religion, religious reason not to bow. Now comes verse 5. Bayar Haman, came Mordecai, Korea Mishtachaveh. Lo. Lo. Right? That's what it is, right? Mordecai went bow low, even without the crosses. Why not? It means Mordecai was dissing him. In that case, Vayimolei Haman Chema. Didn't he blow my Okay, this this thing went on for five years, my friends. Now I'm going to show you the other side of our Harbin Baruch Mordechai. He says, Haman became the prime minister. According to the state of Rolam, their policy is whenever it's mentioned post hoc, it happened right then. So Esther said became the queen in the seventh year. So so in the seventh year or so, Gidal Haman. The story of Purim happens in the twelfth year. So Haman went through five years of this jungle. Right? And so on and so forth. Let's be fair about this, okay? Went through five years of this business. Over the course of five years, Didn't happen overnight. You understand? And little was, it says, and the Gemara says, first he was angry at Mordecai, then he was angry at Rabban, and then the whole cloud he threw up. Because he constantly pushed him, okay? And after five years, a long time, Haman's anger develops to the point of genocide. Okay? Uh, he tried to kill them all, even the ones who were bowing down to him. Because after all, he took off the yazel, right? Which is a typical... The Jews thus came this close to genocide because of Mordechai. Only a miracle saved them. If this would happen, no wonder it makes the Sanhedrin never forgave Mordechai. Because I repeat, according to the very end, 
and the Megillah. Remember, right? After the triumph of Muhammad, they're still angry at him. Even after it's all over, plenty of people hated Mordechai for so recklessly endangering them and causing a three-day or four-day terror. In fact, it was precisely to vindicate their stand that Mordechai and Esther endeavored to get the Megillah accepted and Purim accepted as a holiday, as we read in chapter 9 and length, because we look at the Megillah. We run once a Gerith, we run a and all the rest of it. Because I'm getting my narrative in there. And since they did succeed in getting Purim and the Megillah accepted, even though there was opposition, as recorded in the Gemara Megillah, Mordechai and Esther are total heroes today. But in ancient times it was not so. The Gemara Megillah says, among other things, a dissenting, resenting opinion of Mordechai. The Gemara Megillah says, Knesset Yisrael Amr Lai Iachisa. Kikhal Yisrael says, Ru'u Ma'asa Li Yehudi Ma'ashim Li Yemini. Ma'asa Li Yehudi Delokat Li Dabit Lashimi. Yisyad Li Mordechai Demikni Behaman. I'm angry. Kikhal Yisrael says, I'm angry at David. Chazin Kilshimi Ben Gera. Hashim Ben Gera eventually had Mordechai. And Mordechai got home and angry and almost killed us. So that's an interesting... It doesn't go with the flow. You know, that, that, that represents a, a school of thought out there that, you know, it's not so posh yet. My point is, if you lived at the time of, of, the, two, of the first Purim, the first Purim, the Jewish people were divided over whether or not Mordecai was a national hero or a national villain. Okay? In other words, some Jews went around saying, Baruch Mordecai, and other Jews went around saying, Right? Okay, now, what's the interpretation? Listen to those words carefully. It means you can drink until you can't tell the difference between Baruch Mordechai and Ar Mordechai. Right? Wait a minute. It means you drink as long as you have. You can drink as long as you still have your intellectual faculties unimpaired, and you can understand both sides of what I just presented. You. The ancient debate of whether Mordechai acted correctly in provoking Haman. And by the way, it goes the other way. Ar Haman Baruch Haman. You can either say Hummel was a schmo and from day one wanted to kill everybody. Or you can say actually he wasn't bothering him. He's chaffing for five years and this and that. just built up. Like we sometimes go, you know, people are angry uh, or a basket or something like that. So what are you making trouble for everybody else for? You know what I'm saying? What are you making trouble for else for? So, hold it for a second. If you drink that much, I'll yada. Until you can no longer stand both sides. If you drink that much, stop. Because you're no longer mentally able to understand the intricacies of the story. You're no longer able to relive the moments when the conduct of Mordecai was so divisive, even though it was indi- vindicated by events eventually, obviously. So Mishnah is part of Purim, but we don't mean Mishnah that you're no longer able to understand what happened. What would be the point of that? So it's Adlo Adachlal. I started with the Ramah and the Mechir Yain, who says there are three interpretations of Mechayim Mishnah story before you, and Mordechai. So I mentioned the one before. One interpretation I mentioned above. A second is philosophical and theosophical. Here, Professor Alamba believes to agree with me or disagree. One should all, uh, this is my understanding of what he writes. One should only drink when one is young and immature. That's what he says. Years of youth. Years of youth. Okay? He said when one is young and immature. Only when one cannot distinguish philosophically between good and bad, between Mordechai and Haman. Uh, at an immature age, one refrains from sin, solely due to your ownish. You don't really understand the difference between our humble or Mordechai. He's just afraid of being punished. Okay? Otherwise, he would indulge in sin. 99%, even of adults, <laughs> you know, how many people are the Shema? That's, that's not so many. Okay? Uh, this is the meaning of the Gematria, that our humble and the same Gematria as Baruch Mordechai. As we all know, right? It's all 502, which is Basar. Now, you know, stick flesh. Now, uh, when you intellectually mature and you're no longer just flesh, but soul, intellect, uh, then don't drink. Because then wine will befuddle your judgment. Okay? At the young age, once you're, it doesn't matter. Once you're old enough to philosophize, the Ramo says, to use your mind, wine drinking would be a negative. Queen Esther reached, I will conclude by saying, uh, now this is more in the line of the Ramo, and just uh, it, it take you to a different level. Queen Esther reached this level when she got the Chatzar Beis Amelcha Pneimis. Because according to the Ramah, famous uh, Rambam, uh, as some know, where the Rambam says that you want to understand how people are imagine a king in a palace. I'll, I'll read it to you in English. Uh, this is the Rambam talking more in He says, uh, a similar king's in his palace and all the subjects are in the country or partly abroad. 
Some have their backs turned away from the king's palace and their faces in another direction. And some are desirous and zealous to go to the palace, seeking Levakish Beicholo to get into the palace and minister before him, but have not yet even seen the face of the wall of the house. Of those that desire to go into the palace, some get there and go around in search of the entrance gate. So they get to the palace where you walk around and around, and they never get in. Some have passed through the gate and walk into the antechamber, and others have succeeded in entering the inner part of the palace and being in the same room with the king of the royal palace. But even those do not immediately when entering the palace see the king or speak to him for after having entered the inner part of the palace, another effort is required before they can stand before the king at a distance or close by, hear his words and speak to him. I will now explain the simile which I have made. The people abroad are those who have no religion based on speculation or tradition. The Turks, the Kushites, and others, they, in other words, they're, they're, they're irrational beings. They don't even deserve to live, he says, okay? They have a shape of a man, but they're like monkeys. Those in the country, but who have their backs towards the palace, are the Christians and the Muslims. They profess religion and thought, but they have the whole false doctrine, which they adopted either in consequence of great mistakes made in their own speculations or received by a Masoro. Because of these doctrines, every time they head toward the palace, they're actually walking away. They mean well, but since they're in the wrong direction, because on a journey, they're walking away. They're worse than the first glance, and under the circumstances, it may be necessary to kill them or extirpate their doctrines in order that others should not be misled. Those who decide, desire to arrive at the palace and enter it, but have never seen it, that's your average from Jew, massive religious people. The multitude that observe divine commandments but are ignorant. <laughs> uh, those who arrive at the palace but walk around it are those who are just into the study of halacha. They believe traditionally in the, in the true principles of faith, and they learn the practical worship of God, but they're not trained in philosophical treatments of the principles of the law, because they don't understand the reasons behind it, and do not endeavor to establish the truth of their faith by proof. Those who undertake to investigate the principle of religion, they've already gone into the king's uh, inner chamber. There's no doubt that they can divide into different grades, but they succeed in finding a proof for everything that can be proved. They have a true knowledge of God as far as knowledge can concern, and they're near the truth whenever approach the truth is possible. They've reached the goal in the palace uh, in which the king lives. If you read the Ramah's treatment of the Miguel Sessi, you'll see that Esther is under great duress, uh, reaches Malchus. In other words, she, she rises, you know, the uh, emergency raises her to a greatness that she wouldn't have otherwise had. Okay? And then, first she's standing in Chatzar Amalchachitzono, right, and she's afraid to go into that, and then the king says, you can come into the Chatzar Amalchachitzono, when she gets in the Chatzar Amalchachitzono, she undoes the decree, and brings around the destruction of Haman, and the saving of the Jews. That's all. That's for sure. Then the rabbinate, you know that. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, well, that's Mordechai Esther. Yeah. It says, No, there, there, God Himself says, Leave alone. He knows when he sees That's exactly. Otherwise, you're right. That's true. No question about it. No question about it. Yeah, you mean they were angry at Moshe. Moshe is different. Moshe is a different type. Moshe is a different type. Moshe is a different type. Moshe is a long suffering person. That's a different type. But there you but there you have it. Hey.
sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com <laughs> 